Well, we are in a series called Awakening, Pursuing a New Level of God. Today will be our last day in this series, our last message in the series. Now, we've talked a lot about awakening. Um, we talked about awakening hunger in this series. It's where, you know, if you don't have a want to, you'll never get there. You'll never get there if you don't have a want to, if you don't have a hunger. We talked about awakening alignment, where you have to align yourself up to the principles and the Word of God. Uh, we'll all get there. Uh, in the end, um, if we give our heart to the Lord, we allow Him to come into our life and change us. We're filled with His Spirit. He puts a stamp on us. Amen. And uh, even baptized in water in the name of Jesus. Right, And uh, he, we have his name, and so we'll get there. But how we get there, God is concerned about. And if we don't align ourselves to his principles, uh, then we'll be all over the place. And then we talked about awakening abandonment, where you let everything go. I'm going to abandon my way of doing things. I'm going to abandon uh, all that I know uh, that's outside of the will of God. Okay, I'm going to abandon all of that, and I'm just going to pursue God and God alone. And then last week we talked about awakening agreement. We must come into agreement with the Word of God. A lot of people, and I, I don't, uh, I guess like Jesse Duplantis might say, don't shout me down. And, uh, you know, don't, don't tune out when I say this. But a lot of people talk a lot about unconditional love, the unconditional love of God. How many knows, know that God does have an unconditional love? I want to tell you something this morning, though. There is a portion of the love of God that is absolutely conditional. I know, it's the quietness of the Holy Spirit. I, I get it. It happens to me, too. You know, just, you hear something like that, and the quietness of the Spirit just comes over you. And you're like, what is he talking about? Well, there's a lot of things in the Bible uh, where God precedes it with the, a word that has two little letters. If. If my people. What does that tell you? That means if my people don't, then it won't. <laughs> Come on, thank you, Dietrich. Get a little Jesse Jackson there. <laughs> if my people don't, then it won't. There's, a, there's some conditions to fulfilling the will of God that we have to step up to the plate and accomplish. Come on, we have to, there's some things in our heart that we have to deal with, right? There are some attitudes that we have to deal with. There are some things that we have to deal with. And so we have to agree with the Word of God. And then this morning, I want to finally talk to you about what I'm calling awakening anticipation. Awakening anticipation. Now listen, we can live our lives on the sideline. We can live our lives just allowing life to pass us by. We can live our lives watching other people succeed. And, and fulfill the will of God in their life. Or we can grab hold to the fact that Jesus said, I come that you might have life more abundantly. More abundantly. And if we want to live in the more, then we have to do something about it. We have to anticipate the more. We have to anticipate with an expectation. If you have your Bible this morning... I want to throw a couple, I'm going to throw a lot of scriptures at you in a short period of time this morning, but I want to start off with a couple of scriptures that are not up here on the board, so I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bible, take it out. If you have your device, get it ready, 
download your Bible, get it all prepared, because I want you to look at this. I want your eyes to look at what you have, okay? Your Bible, if you have it. You don't have it, cheat off of somebody else. This is one of the only times when cheating is allowed. Look over at the other person and cheat off of them. I want you to look at it. Turn in your Bible to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 23. That's what we're going to start off with this morning. Proverbs chapter number 23rd. Now, I am reading and going to read this morning from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, Many of you have the King James Version, the New King James. Maybe you even have the NIV or some other versions. We'll get to the same place together. But Proverbs chapter number 23, I just want you to look at a couple verses. Look at verse number 17 with me. In my Bible, it says, Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely, verse 18 says, there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Surely, there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Now turn to one other scripture for me this morning. Over in the New Testament, the book of Romans, chapter number 8. Surely you have a future and your hope will not be cut off. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 31 with me. It says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He, verse 32 says, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, listen to this, with him graciously give us all things? How will he not graciously give us all things. The Lord wants you to know something this morning, that you have a hope and you have a future. And the Lord wants you to know that your hope and your future is not entirely based on your past. In other words, just because something happened yesterday that wasn't the result that you wanted, Come on, Sister Cheryl. Does not mean that what happens tomorrow is going to be the same result. Your future this morning is not based on your past. And therefore, God has put us in a place where we can anticipate our future. There are so many people that I run into, and you probably do as well, that don't look forward to their future. Oh boy, yesterday was bad, today doesn't seem any better, and so I can imagine what tomorrow will be like. They got what I call the Mr. Snuffleupagus Syndrome. 
Anybody know Mr. Snuffleupagus? Always something bad. Oh dear, I just don't know. God didn't create you to be that way. He created you to be excited about your future. And so my question for you this morning is what do you think about your future? That's what I want you to evaluate in this short time that we have together. I want you to take a moment and evaluate what are your thoughts about your future? How do you see your future? How do you see the future of the world? Talk to a lot of people also. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is a, an election year in the United States. Come on. And, uh, you know, you hear so much from so many different people. They don't think we have a bright future. Here's all I want to say to that. I just thank God that my future is not based on the politics of the United States. In any way. I don't care who you are or what you believe. But I got to tell you this. And I don't know about you, but I, I, am, I do and am trying more and more to walk in the kingdom of God. See, I'm just a pilgrim in this place. Now, I, I do what I need to do. Yes, I vote. I do everything that I give to Caesar what is his. But Caesar is not greater than the Lord Jesus. Because the last time I checked, he was the king of kings. He was the Lord of lords. And there is nobody greater than him. There is nobody before him and there will be nobody after him. Oh, he's the rose of Sharon. My God is the lion of Judah. And I don't know if you know it this morning, but you serve a big God. Come on. You serve a big God. And the kingdom of God is not predicated on the economy of the United States or China or any other country or any other planet in the universe. The kingdom of God has its own economy. It, it has its own way of dealing with things, of dealing with sickness, come on, of dealing with addiction. Come on, the kingdom of God, He has His own way of dealing with these things. And all of these things that you worry about, God simply tells you one thing this morning. He says, seek me first. And my righteousness, the Lord is telling you this morning. And all of these things will be added unto you. Why are you worried about all of that? Look at the lilies of the field. Jesus told us that. Why are you worried about all those things? Walk according to the principles of God in the kingdom of God. You can anticipate a good future. What am I talking about when I'm talking here about anticipation? Here's what it is. Anticipation is the attitude, come on, of the soul that believes in the greatness of God. Believes in his will and his work. Now here's the key to it. Yet to be done. Really what, what is more accurate is yet to be manifest. Because God is in his rest. Should have wrote that. Yet to be manifest. Come on. Bible says on the seventh day he rested. And it's up to us. If you read Hebrews chapter 4, it's not up to us to, to allow God to do all this work and, you know, us to try to work. It's up to us to labor to enter into his rest. His rest, elder. We need to labor to enter into his rest because he's already done it. We need to line up. Come on. We need to line up in agreement. We need an alignment. We need to abandon everything and we need some agreement with the Word of God. His work yet to be manifest. 
Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to throw some scriptures at you. And what you might want to do is at least just, like I said, take down the addresses this morning. Take down the addresses to these scriptures. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, God says, and I will answer you. How many know when God says, I will, it is already done? I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Oh, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. I will show you great and mighty things which do not know. Now, I can imagine a lot of things. I imagine that you can imagine a lot of things as well. But whatever you think you know about the cosmos, of all these things, God is telling you this morning that if you call to me, not only will I answer you, but I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. In other words, stuff you haven't even thought about. I'm going to tell to you. I'm going to reveal to you. I want to speak to you, God is saying this morning. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that already works in us. Listen to it from the English Standard Version. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. See, here's where I really enjoy the King James Version. Because it says, Now unto him who is able to do what? Exceeding, exceeding. Abundantly is the adverb, and in your new King James Version, it'll say exceedingly and abundantly, as if there are two adverbs there describing what he's about to do. But I like to think of exceeding as the adjective that describes the adverb, that describes the verb that God is about to do. In other words, he's going to exceed abundance. So think about abundance. Think about overflow. Now God exceeds that because he doesn't do anything small. He doesn't want us to pray small. Oh, I I know. You know, the devil, you know... (laughs) He wants us to have a a quiet spirit. He wants us just to sit down and watch life go by. I I want you to say something with me this morning. Say this with me. My God is a great God and is doing great things in me. All right. Now, that kind of sounded a little bit like people from Purdue. You know, it was good. I mean, I like Purdue. They got, they got the big fellas, and, uh, you know, they got a pretty good team. I apologize if, you know, some of you like Purdue in here this morning. But now, if we're going to be some Hoosiers this morning, come on now. I'm, I want to talk to some people who really believe that God is doing some great. See, here's the thing. We're going to do it one more time, but before we do it, here's what I want to tell you this morning. I, I know how you might feel. You might feel like I've felt for so many years and still fight not to feel this way. I feel like, you know... There's a lot of mistakes that I make, a lot of things I do wrong, a lot of areas where I fall short in our marriage as a father, at work, as a pastor, as a friend. A lot of areas I fall short, I could do so much better. Why would God want to bless me? Why would he take me to another level? 
Why would he open my eyes to some new season that is coming up? I mean, I'm not worthy of all those things. But what the Lord wants you to know this morning is you by yourself are not worthy, but he has made you worthy. He has placed his stamp on you. And so now when you start talking about I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, it's not, a, it's not an indictment against you. It's an indictment against God because he's made you worthy. Now you want to think about that this morning. He's made you valuable. He has approved you. And if God has approved you, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about you. And I'm telling you this morning that God has approved you. Not just Life Church or not just the Universal. I'm talking about you. 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 God has approved you. He has looked at you this morning and say, I approve. I know your mistakes. I know your failures. But guess what? I have set my love upon you and I approve of you this morning. God loves you just the way you are and he loves you way too much to leave you the way you are. God will do it. God will do it. Now let's try it again. My God is a great God and is doing great things in me. Hallelujah. He's doing great things in me. Come on. You are worthy of great things. You know Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Listen, Jeremiah was speaking to a people. A lot of times we quote these verses and we don't understand the context of them. That's all right, because at least we are quoting scripture. <laughs> Come on. But Jeremiah is speaking to a people in captivity. A people with their head down. Come on. A people who are enslaved at this time. And he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace or thoughts of good. Not evil. To give you a what? Future and a hope. An expected end. An end that I expect and now I want you to expect it. Come on. God is saying, I'm giving you an end that I expect, and I want you to expect it. Come on this morning. Psalm 23, 6. You know Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. Down in verse 6, it says this. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His goodness and His mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Psalm 16, 6. Take this to heart. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Some versions say, I have a good future. I don't look at, I know you might look at me where I'm at right now and you might doubt. You might have a little doubt in your mind based on what you see right now. But I want you to know something that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And he's working some things out. So I just got to tell you, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Come on. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing 
that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's what Pastor Dietrich testified about this morning. Stay calm and keep moving. <laughs> because he will complete the work that he's... God doesn't start something and don't finish it. He's not like us. <laughs> Come on. If he starts it, he's going to finish it. It's already done. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man, of a righteous one, are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. That means if you've accepted the Lord in your heart, he, has, he impugns unto you. He doesn't impugn unto you sin. That means he doesn't, he doesn't work sin into you. But he works righteousness into you. So if he's done that for you this morning, then your steps are ordered by the Lord. He lays them out before you. And in Psalm 42, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and then he established my goings. He established my ways. He established my steps. He laid them out before me. Some of the kids might not know this, and most of you may not even know it if you don't watch commercials, but you ever seen this commercial for Fidelity? They're talking about, uh, you know, uh, your financial future and thinking about retirement. And in the commercial, they say, you know, what you need to do is think about this at an early age. And they show this green line going before you, you know, and you follow that thing to your financial future. This is what God has done. He's laid out a line before us. And if we would align with it, come on, we would align with the steps that God laid out for us. Come on. He has established our goings. Set your feet upon a rock. And so if you don't know by now, what I'm trying to get you to do is anticipate your future. Anticipate it. Expect a good future. What you expect and your attitude toward that has a lot to do with how your future turns out. Anticipation is looking forward with a new outlook. Visualizing a God-filled and God-blessed future. Looking forward with a new outlook. Visualizing a God-blessed future. That's anticipation. Eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Remember the unconditional love? Now you remember the conditions? For those who love him. For those who set their affection uh, on higher things. For those who set their affection on the things of the Lord. Your eyes haven't seen nor have your ears heard. Neither has it entered into your heart. Here's what that means. That means that you, you're, it's not even possible for you to think about because it's not in your heart. It hasn't entered in there. You've got no frame of reference for some of the things that God is going to do. Your eyes haven't seen it. Your ears haven't heard it. And it hasn't entered into your heart. The things that God has prepared. Here's what can kill it though. Anticipation is hindered by pessimism. It's hindered, absolutely hindered by pessimism. Oh, 
I can't do it. It's great. Yeah, I know it happened the one time, but, uh, you know, I just don't think I can do it. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I didn't get good enough grades. I'm not tall enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not all enough. Listen, God has approved you. He has accepted you. And whatever he wants you to be, he will work it out in you. If you surrender all to him. If you would simply do that thing, God will mold. You are the potter. He is the potter. You are simply the clay on the wheel. Allow him to mold you and make you. Many of you think you can do that yourself. Oh, I'm going to mold myself. I'm going to get myself together and I'm just going to... You can't do it. You can't do it. You end up broken and brokenhearted. Anticipation for the future necessitates the optimism of faith. You must believe the word of the Lord. Come on. Cultivate a faith optimistic outlook for your future. God has blessed you. Our expectation dramatically affects our vision of reality. When we anticipate a positive outcome, folks, we're alert to the indications of success. We must expect a God success. While some expect the worst from God, others expect the best of God. Which are you? Which are you this morning? Faith is an exceedingly hopeful, trusting, and confident perspective. I want to see as you see, Lord. That's why we sing, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Because I want to see you. And I want to see life the way you see it. Anticipation is rooted in God thoughts and God intentions, purposes, and desires for our lives. It's rooted in those things. If you root your anticipation in anything else, you have what I like to call reverse faith. <laughs> Come on. Because you're believing in something that's not birthed out of the scripture. It's not birthed out of the mouth of God. And guess what? The enemy can grab a hold of that and it can take you right down a road. Because that's what you're believing. That's what you're confessing. And that's what you're speaking. And guess what? What you see is what you get. And what you see is what you get. The question is, what do you see? Are you looking through God's eyes or do you see problems? Do you see opportunities to overcome or do you see circumstances that will take you to the grave? Come on. What do you see? Because what you see is what you get. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. God said this. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Come on. Nor are my ways. Your ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Come on. He's at another level. <laughs> he's at another level, folks. Luke 2, 9. I was thinking about that. Mary going through what she went through. Said when she heard some things from the angel and when she heard from the Lord, she pondered those things in her heart. 2.19, Luke 2.19 says Mary pondered those things in her heart. 
So I'm saying to you this morning, ponder these things in your heart. Ponder them. Don't look at your circumstances and ponder that. Oh, your circumstances are real. The pain is real. What that person said to you or about you, that's real. But the facts are that God has approved you. The facts are that you are accepted by the Lord. The fact of the matter is and the truth of the matter is that Jesus came to give you an abundant life. And that's what you need to walk in. Not the circumstances. Come on. God has thoughts toward you. Have you ever thought about that? God thinks about you. God thinks about you. Now, some of you, if you're like me, you might be thinking, oh, Lord, what does God think about me? (laughs) Well, you don't have to wonder what God thinks about you because he already told you what he thinks about you. And if I remember correctly, now correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, I was thinking somewhere it said that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now if that's correct and he's the same, if he thought good thoughts and an expected end for me yesterday, I'm thinking that if he doesn't change using my highly uh, skilled skills of deductive reasoning, I'm thinking that he still thinks that same thing about me today based on what he said, if I take him at his word. And if I went a step further, I would have to believe in my heart that tomorrow he's still going to have an expected end for me. And now I can anticipate a great future. Let me just, let me just give you some God thoughts. Now, I did. I prayed about this, and I wrote down some things that I believe God thinks about you. Take this to your heart. This is God speaking to you, even though you hear my voice. Listen to what the Lord says about you this morning. Would you do that? I have your life written out in my book. I have plans for you before you were even born. I have had you in my heart always. He says, I have forgiven you, forgiven you of all of your past and removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. This is God speaking to you this morning. Take it to heart. He says, I have destined for you to be a blessed person. Do you believe that this morning? God says, I have destined for you to be a blessed person. To live an abundant life, to receive great things from me. I have destined you for that. I have destined for you to receive great things from me. I have given you a dream, a vision, a hope. You are to live your life with your head lifted high. Come on. Live your life with your head lifted high for you are mine. I love you the way you are and I love you too much to let you stay the way you are. I am changing you 
for your good. You would think that with those statements, that would be enough. But he wasn't done. (laughs) He went on to say, I have chosen you. You are mine. I want you. I will never reject you. You are forever mine. He says, I have bought you with my blood, by the way, just in case you don't believe my love for you. I bought you with the most expensive thing that there could ever be. And that is my perfect blood. Listen, you are important. You are significant. You are special. I have rescued you from the dark power of Satan's rule and have brought you into my kingdom. And then finally he says, I have cleansed you. You are no longer impure and unrighteous. You are pure and holy. You are whole and beautiful. You are fearfully And wonderfully made. I took my time when I made you. And then broke the mold. There is no one like you. I love you. I've set my love upon you. I don't know any greater way to show my love for you. You are accepted by me. You are approved by me. You are holy. Yes, I know you don't always do holy things. There's a remedy for that. Just do what you are. First of all, know that you are holy and then act like who you are. That's what God is saying to you this morning. Anticipation is to be constantly diligent and keeping a full expectation for God to do the impossible. Anticipation, this is the last thing I'll give you this morning. Anticipation uh, leads us to pray greater and larger prayers, folks. Greater and larger prayers with great expectation. You remember the story of Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4 says, Jabez called on the Lord God of Israel. Now listen to his whole statement. It's the only statement we have from Jabez in the Bible. And a couple years ago, it was a big fad. People wrote songs about it and there were many sermons about it. But here's what he says. He says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. This is First Chronicles 4.10. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. That I may cause no Pain. So God granted him what he requested. Often when we think about the prayer of Jabez, we focus on enlarge my territory. Rightfully so, because that's his prayer. But do you realize that his mother named him Jabez because he caused her so much pain? That's why he prayed this prayer. Because he was able to look in the mirror and say, in the physical, in the natural, I don't like what I see. 
So something's got to change. How many of you can look in the mirror and see yourself without God and say, I don't like it. I don't like what I see. And so you run to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am in your presence. Bless me indeed. Change me. Mold me and shape me into your image. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my thinking. Come on, enlarge my heart to care for others. Give me a love that's greater than myself. Enlarge my territory. So that I won't cause pain. You know what Jabez is saying here? Keep me from evil, Lord, so that I won't cause pain. What he's saying is, I want to be a blessing to people. This is not a selfish prayer. See, many might think that this is a selfish prayer. Lord, enlarge my territory. Bless me. I want to overcome. Help me to walk in divine health and be rich. Walk on water. Soar like the eagles. So everybody can look at me. Oh, this is not a selfish prayer. He's saying, I want to be a blessing to others. I don't want to cause pain to people. Keep me from evil. Allow me, oh God, to anticipate my future. Not a future of pain and causing pain, but a future of blessing and blessing people. Keep your hand on my life. Keep me from evil that I might be a blessing to others. Great people with great prayers will not be restricted. Great people with great prayers will not be restricted, folks. I want you to understand this morning the love that God has for you. Not just so you'll know that God loves you, but so that you can anticipate a future. So that you can anticipate what God has for you.